Hello everyone and welcome back to the sign of the dollar. So we're just one day away from election day and the question on everyone's minds is who will win, Trump or Biden? And this podcast is focused on trying to answer that question or at least entertaining the outcomes which I believe are most likely at this point in time. Now, do note that I'm not going to be necessarily expressing my views directly about which candidate I think is better or talking about policy or anything of that sort. This podcast is focused solely on making predictions with the data as it stands now. And one thing to note is that we probably won't know who wins the presidency by tomorrow because of the fact that there are many mail-in ballots which will come even after election day and they will take some time to be processed. So chances are we won't even know the winner of the election until the 10th of November or some date around that. So the predictions I'm making now are assuming either that we do know the results tomorrow or at least predicting the ultimate result that comes out whenever it does come out. So I'm going to split this up into a few sections. First of all, I'm going to say who I think is most likely to win and I'm going to say what I think their chance of winning is. Then I'm going to talk about the various metrics at play. So first I'll talk about polls and what they suggest. Then I'll talk about early voting data and what it suggests. And then I'll talk about some anecdotal events and and some other metrics such as enthusiasm. And then on that basis, I'll talk about my general predictions for what's going to happen on the electoral map. And not only predicting what I think the most likely outcome is, but also the second most likely and the third most likely, or the best case scenario for Trump and the worst case scenario for Trump, or the best case scenario for Biden and the worst case scenario for Biden. So before we get into it, as it stands now, I believe that Trump is going to take the victory in the 2020 election. I'd give him about a 55 to 65% chance of winning the Electoral College. And I do think he's most likely to lose the popular vote, probably around an 80% chance of losing it and a 20% chance of winning it. But as we know, the Electoral College is what ultimately decides on who the next president is going to be. So let's first talk about polls. And if anybody has looked at the polls lately, they will point to a comfortable, smooth sailing victory for Joe Biden. A lot of people will say that the polls were wrong in 2016 and they're going to be wrong this time. Again, and while I totally understand this sentiment, even if you look at the margins of error in 2016, if you look at the percentage points by which the polls underpredicted President Trump, Biden would still win even if you account for those those margins of error because of the fact that Biden is leading by a larger margin in a lot of these key states than Hillary Clinton was back in 2016. So if you look at the polling averages, regardless of which way you look at it, they are going to suggest a comfortable Biden victory. But I'm quite sure that people, even who support Biden a lot, know that this probably isn't going to be be the case and it's going to be a lot closer than they would like. So that is the polling averages, and we know that they are pointing towards a Biden victory. But of course, that is not the only metric at play. So before we move on to the early voting data, I want to hone in on a few individual polls. And these two polls are sort of outliers to all of the other polls 
because they favor Trump more than any of the other polls and by quite a lot. And the polls I'm talking about are uh, the Trafalgar Group polls and Rasmussen reports. So I'm sure you must have seen President Trump share Rasmussen reports approval ratings on his page before. But now we are talking about the polls in terms of who's going to win, especially when we're talking about key states. So first, let's address the Trafalgar Group. So one thing that the Trafalgar group got right last time in 2016 was that they predicted that Trump would sweep the Rust Belt states. And the Rust Belt states are Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, and they are where the election is going to be won or lost, even this time. Last time, Florida was also a key state. I don't think it's going to be much of a key state this time. I'm quite sure, I mean, even the polls would suggest that there's a a good, good chance that Trump can win Florida and also that he'll hold on to states like Georgia and North Carolina. So I really think the election is going to be won in the Rust Belt states this time round. And last time, the Trafalgar Group predicted that Trump would win the Rust Belt states, whereas all of the other polls predicted that he would lose them. And this time, who, whoever wins the most Rust Belt states is likely going to win the election. And Trafalgar Group once again has predicted, not by much, but they have predicted that Trump will take the Rust Belt states who will hold on to them. So a lot of people would say, okay, they were accurate in 2016, and that's why they're going to be accurate this time as well. And that logic is flawed because, of course, just because a poll was accurate once, it doesn't mean that it's, that it's going to be accurate every single time. I mean, you know what they say, even a broken clock is right twice in a day. So the Democrats would say that Trafalgar Group was a broken clock that just happened to be right, and the Republicans would say that, oh, it was right in 2016, so it will be right this time as well. But it's more complicated than that. So the thing about the Trafalgar group is that their methodology is different from all of the other polls. And their methodology accounts for something called the shy Trump voter factor. And what this is, is that they understand that there are a lot of Trump voters who will not outright tell them when they poll them or interview them if they are voting for Trump. And that was very much at play in 2016, and it was a large factor of why so many polls got it wrong. They did not account for the fact that there are going to be a lot of people who are afraid of social ostracization, who are afraid of the effects it's going to have on their social life or on their career, and in general, not comfortable with sharing the fact that they're voting for Trump. So they either say they were voting for Hillary Clinton, this time Joe Biden, or they say they're undecided. So the Trafalgar Group accounted for this factor, and I think that this factor is still going to be very much at play in 2020. I mean, if you look especially at the swing states, the key states, there are places in general where Trump voters are uncomfortable with sharing their opinions because they could be ostracized for it. It could take a toll on their social lives. It could take a toll on their careers. So they avoid coming out and being open about their views. So the reason I think Trafalgar Group is going to be quite accurate this time around as well, or at least more accurate than the other polls, is because of this shy Trump voter factor. It's not because they're right in 2016. I mean, the reason they were right in 2016 was because of the shy Trump voter factor. So it's specifically that factor and not just the fact that they were right, whether that would be by coincidence or some merit in the process that they're using. As for Rasmussen reports, they still have Biden ahead by a very small margin, and that margin is closing up. But their approval ratings for Trump are above 50%. And historically, a president does not 
underperform his approval rating. So if their approval rating is indeed accurate, then Trump should also take the popular vote. But I don't think that's very likely. So chances are that their approval rating data is not accurate. I mean, if you look at the their recent data on black voters, they had black voters at a 46% approval for Trump, which is very, very unlikely. And I think the highest percentage of black voters that will actually vote for Trump in this election would be 25%, which would be a huge improvement and would be historically good for a Republican, but I don't think it would come even close to 46%. So as for Rasmussen reports and their approval ratings and their their uh, polls in terms of who is winning in terms of Trump and Biden, I don't think that's something particularly of note. Okay, so that's the polls. What about the early voting data? So what is the early voting data? In every election, there are people who vote early. Some people vote by mail and some people vote in person early. And in previous elections, there usually had to be a reason for this, a reason why they didn't go and vote in person or the reason why they didn't go and vote in person in election day. But this time, because of coronavirus, most states are allowing early votes both in person and by mail for any reason. So we do not know where these votes are going. But what we do know is we can track it by party registration. In other words, we can track how many Republicans have voted so far and how many Democrats have voted so far, and based on that data, who is leading at the moment. Now, of course, there are some Democrats who might vote for Trump and some Republicans who might vote for Biden. But in general, we can assume that that's going to be an equal split. So it shouldn't have too much of an impact on the analysis that we draw from the early voting data. And the early voting data is what makes me confident that Trump is going to win. The early voting data, I think, is looking very, very good for Trump. And the reason for that, the reason for that is even all of the mainstream polls, the mainstream news outlets, they are reporting that many, many, many more Democrats are voting early than Republicans. And most Republicans are going to vote on election day. And this is widespread. This is agreed upon even by left-wingers and right-wingers. And if you look at it, the margins are somewhere like two to one, meaning that twice as many Democrats are looking to vote early as are Republicans, and twice as many Republicans are looking to vote on election day as are Democrats. So based on that, you would think that in these key states, Democrats would be leading at least, but with a huge margin, a margin that is twice as much as the Republicans, a margin close to 20%, 30%. But if you look at the key states, this really isn't the case. And in fact, in states that people think Biden is going to win quite comfortably, Trump is even leading in the early votes. And considering the fact that more Republicans are going to vote on election day, that means that they should have no trouble in holding this lead. So if you look at Wisconsin, Trump is leading the early votes. If you look at Michigan, I'm not quite sure how it stands now, but I know it's very close. If you look at Nevada, Nevada is a state I think could go in the Republican column this year. That's my bold prediction of this podcast, that Nevada can indeed flip red. But if you look at all of the other key states, okay, with the exception of Pennsylvania, where Democrats have quite a huge lead. But if you look at Florida, if you look at Georgia, if you look at North Carolina, if you look at Arizona, either Trump is leading, or rather, I should say, either Republicans are leading in terms of the early votes, or they are trailing by just a few percentage points, which by the way, is very, very easy for them to make up on election day. And even if you look at the nationwide data, 
Now, the date, the, where I'm getting this data from is Target Early by Target Smart. Some people say that, that this uh, has a bias towards Trump, but the truth is it's actually a, a Democrat-leaning leaning data source. So I would say that, in general, it's reliable. I wouldn't say necessarily that it's biased one way or the other, and they have this data. So they have data by registered party, which just tells you straight up, you know, how many Republicans voted, how many Democrats voted. But they also have something called model party, where they sort of estimate based on their model where the unaffiliated voters are going to go. And according to their model party data for the country at the moment, Republicans are only behind by a few percentage points when it comes to the early vote. And that margin is quite easy for them to make up on election day. And this is nationwide, by the way. If you look at the battleground states, they are neck and neck. Like, it's, it's 45, 45%. If you look at the general battleground states, model party, early vote data. And the fact that Republicans are neck and neck, even if you say that there are not going to be twice as many Republicans voting on election day, even if you say that there's only maybe, let's say, 10% more Republicans voting on election day, they should be able to take the lead in these battleground states, which will lead them to victory. Okay, so that's the early voting data. Now, other metrics, I do not have enough knowledge to speak with confidence about the other metrics, but at least looking from an outsider's perspective, I will admit that there is probably more right-wing and Republican content coming into my feed, but the enthusiasm at Trump rallies the enthusiasm for Trump in general is a lot higher than it is for Biden. But, of course, there are many people who are just, quote-unquote, settling for Biden, who think that he is a better option than Trump, even though they do not love the guy. So, enthusiasm alone is not going to determine the election, because if it did, then Trump would win very, very, very easily. But it is worth taking into consideration, because it at least suggests turnout. Because if you have people who want to vote Biden and they're not too confident about it, they don't like Biden that much, then, you know, they might not be as energized to go out and actually vote because they say, you know what, I don't like either one, so I'm just not going to vote. Whereas for Trump, he has a stronger and larger base, which just loves him. That will energize though, that base to go out and vote. But of course, there's also a very large base that hates him with all their hearts, and they will also be energized to vote. So in general, there's going to be a lot of turnout. But if we look at these metrics, like enthusiasm, I don't think they necessarily affirmatively suggest the vote going one way or the other. It's mainly the early vote that I'm looking at now and saying, okay, I'm quite confident that Trump is going to win. So I did say that I can't speak with much confidence to the other factors or the other metrics at play, and that's mainly because I haven't really done in-depth research about them. But there are two specific statistics that I want to draw attention to, and these are Donald Trump's approval rating in terms of the economy, and also the poll that came out recently that asked whether people thought they were better off now, you know, under Trump than they were under Obama. So that poll that I'm talking about actually favored Trump a lot. I mean, it wasn't specifically for Trump, but it was asking if Americans were better off now than they were I think it was five years ago, I'm not exactly sure. But that came out positive, and that's despite coronavirus and this pandemic. And that's definitely going to work in Trump's favor. Now, how significant will this impact be? 
I don't know, probably not that significant, but it still is something that is worth considering. The other thing is the economic approval rating and the latest stats from the GDP. So if you saw the recent stat for this quarter, the GDP growth is 33%, which is humongous and is a much faster recovery than you might expect coming out of the coronavirus. Now you might argue maybe this is temp temporary, maybe this is not uh, going to stay, but it is something that has come just before the election that will definitely work in Trump's favor. You know what they say, it's the economy stupid. So the economy definitely works in Trump's favor because it's recovering quite fast and also Trump's approval rating, if you look at RCP, even if you look at these polls that seem to be Democrat biased or left leaning, they have Trump up. They have a net positive approval rating for Trump when it comes to the economy. That basically means that more people think he knows what he's doing with the economy than people who don't think he knows what he's doing with the economy. So that is also good news for Trump. But as I said, the early voting data is the biggest thing and the thing that makes me most confident. These other things are just the icing on the cake or just metrics that reinforce this idea that is being pushed by this early voting data. So given that data, what do I think the electoral map is going to look like? So my most likely prediction, my current prediction, is that Trump holds on to all of the states that he got in 2016, except dropping or losing Pennsylvania. I still think he has a chance to win Pennsylvania, but at the moment I see Pennsylvania more likely to go into Biden's column. But if Trump loses Pennsylvania and keeps all other states, he still has a 280, he still has 286 electoral votes, which gives him the victory. So I think this is probably one of the most likely outcomes. But as I said earlier, I think there's a good chance that Trump could flip Nevada. And if he does, he'll get 292 electoral votes and he'll comfortably win the election. Now, there's also a chance that he could lose one of the Rust Belt states, apart from just Pennsylvania. Let's say he, he loses Michigan as well. That's another 16 electoral votes gone. But if we look at the margin that he won in 2016, he would still have 270 electoral votes. So that would be neck and neck, and that would be likely a contested election where Biden would appeal the results and it could go to the Supreme Court or something like that. But I still think there's quite a small chance that it'll go to the Supreme Court. So as I said, the election is going to be won in the Rust Belt states. So if Biden manages to flip Pennsylvania and he manages to flip uh, Michigan, then he will have a good path to victory, but he would still have to flip one of the other Rust Belt states, or he'd have to flip a state like Arizona or North Carolina. So if Biden is to win, I think his path to victory is by sweeping the Rust Belt and flipping the entire Rust Belt, winning Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania, which is a possibility, but I'd say is quite a lot less likely than Trump sweeping the Rust Belt again, and maybe even picking up Nevada, maybe, in, maybe even picking up New Hampshire. Who knows? But one thing I just don't see happening is Biden taking Florida, Biden taking Georgia, Biden taking Texas. I don't think there's any chance of that happening. Iowa and Ohio, I think, are still comfortably in Trump's column. When it comes to Nebraska's 2nd District and Maine 2nd District, I think that could be closer than it was in 2016, but I still think it remains in Trump's column. And you have to note that those are just a few electoral votes, so they're not going to make the difference unless, as I said, Biden takes Michigan and Pennsylvania, and we have a 270 to 268 situation. Then, of course, both parties will be looking at trying to pick up those states and their one and two electoral votes. But the way it looks now, I think Trump is most likely to have a very similar electoral vote count 
that he had in 2016. So I think he'll have somewhere around 300 electoral votes and that means he will win the electoral college quite comfortably and there shouldn't be any questions about the vote being contested or the election having to go to the Supreme Court. So that's my current prediction. Of course, I could be wrong. You know, Biden could win. Trump could win by an even bigger margin. Who knows? It could be even closer. It could even go to the Supreme Court. But that is my prediction as it stands now when I look at the early voting data. And given the fact that this is an audio podcast, it's quite hard for me to actually show you the graphic, actually show you the graphs and show the the electoral map, which is why I didn't really deep dive into the statistics or anything of that sort. And once again, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be open and honest, I'm not a statistician and I haven't really looked at this in depth and done sophisticated mathematical analysis to come up with my prediction. But if you do look at the early voting data, it is quite convincing without having to run any statistical models. So this is my prediction. As I said, could be wrong, could be right. We'll see what happens, but that'll do it for me today at the sign of the dollar. Be sure to vote tomorrow on election day. Do your research and make sure you know who you're voting for, what he said in the past, what he's done in the past, their policy, how it's going to help you, how it's going to help your community. And yeah, that'll do it for us today. Thank you for listening.